This episode is brought to you by Seed. Did you know that supporting your health can be as easy as taking two capsules a day? Each daily dose of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is formulated with 24 scientifically studied probiotic strains that support gut, skin, and heart health, helping you start the new year off right. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, here we go. Stand by. Three, two, one. The Thinking Atheist. It's not a person. It's a symbol. An idea. The population of atheists in this country is going through the roof. Rejecting faith. Pursuing knowledge. Challenging the sacred. If I tell the truth, it's because I tell the truth. Not because I put my hand on a book and made a wish. And working together for a more rational world. Take the risk of thinking for yourself. Much more happiness, truth, beauty, and wisdom will come to you that way. Assume nothing, question everything, and start thinking. This is the Thinking Atheist Podcast, hosted by Seth Andrews. Later on in the broadcast, I get a special guest going to join me. He is the author of a book called Is Gwyneth Paltrow Wrong About Everything? How the famous sell us elixirs of health, beauty, and happiness. His name is Timothy Caulfield, and uh, he is a professor at the University of Alberta. He's going to join me for the show. We're going to talk about the wellness industry and Gwyneth Paltrow, etc. Before we get into sort of the meat of the conversation, a heads up that the Unholy Trinity is reuniting. The Unholy Trinity Tour coming back for a one-day-only event in my hometown of Tulsa, Oklahoma, on February the 15th. Me, Matt Dillahunty, Aaron Raw at Oklahoma State University, Tulsa, OSU Tulsa Auditorium, and it's sponsored by the Atheist Community of Tulsa. And that's the website where you want to go if you want to find out details and tickets. Just remember, the Unholy Trinity, February 15th, OSU Tulsa, Tickets and details are at actok.org. Okay, that's actok.org. On the Goop website right now, there's a product listed for 75 US dollars. It's called This Smells Like My Vagina Candle. That's the kind of show it's going to be today. i just warning you in advance, that's the kind of show it's going to be today. Oh, by the way, the This Smells Like My Vagina Candle is sold out and on back order. <laughs> it's sold out. <laughs> The candle started as a joke between perfumer Douglas Little and Gwyneth Paltrow. The two were working on a fragrance, and she blurted out, Uh, this smells like a vagina, but evolved into a funny, gorgeous, sexy, and beautifully unexpected scent. Anyway, it's a blend of geranium, citrusy bergamot, and cedar absolutes juxtaposed with damask rose and ambrette seed that puts us in mind of fantasy seduction and a sophisticated warmth this smells like my vagina the candle 75 dollars at goop.com that's the kind of show it's gonna be you know what it's like prepping a show like this like do you have any idea what it's like getting into this level of pseudoscientific commerce <laughs> 
<laughs> right? And I can already hear people kind of coming to her defense saying, oh, come on, Seth, you know, it's just a gag. Just a, It was just something that happened. They were developing a fragrance. They thought it was funny. They have a sense of humor. And, you know, in this case, with this product, I can probably buy that, right? But most of this show is not about the harmless stuff. Most of the show is about the actual health and wellness claims that are given or implied by someone who has no qualifications as a nutritionist, a health and wellness expert, a physician, etc. The reason we're talking about Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop is because the show The Goop Lab lands on Netflix this month. Now, I know this audience, right? You guys are so far removed from the actual target audience of Goop. I know that you're sort of watching this story from the outside in. You're standing at the periphery and you're looking in and you already know. Don't trust a celebrity because they're a celebrity. Hollywood attracts the weird and the woo like a magnet. Buyer, beware. Be dubious. Be skeptical. This is already your mindset. So we're talking about the kind of culture where people like Demi Moore, the actress, uses leeches to detox her body to prevent aging. That's Hollywood. You got songwriter actress Keisha. She says that she had a sexual encounter with a ghost and afterwards required a vaginal exorcism. So she had to have her vagina exorcised by a priest? What? We're already kind of numb from just listening to the entertainment industry's claims or just watching them do bizarre, even destructive things like Jenny McCarthy, right? She's a great example. She's out there spewing this anti-vaccine rhetoric, saying that vaccines cause autism. There's no basis for that. In fact, it's been completely debunked, overwhelmingly debunked, this claim. When we talk about consequences to believing or accepting or promoting this stuff, you got Tom Cruise, his famous anti-psychiatry rant. He's talking about uh, depression and treating mental illness. He doesn't believe psychiatry can be a solution. Of course, he's promoting Scientology. It's a superstitious solution. It's because your inner vibrations, your thetan, thetan, your soul, the creature that lives in this human shell is out of alignment and can't remember its own godhood or something like that. And so that's Tom Cruise essentially diminishing and discouraging the benefits of psychiatric help for many people who need it. You have people like Alicia Silverstone. She you know, had that interview where she said, look out, women, did you know that tampons might make you infertile? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I mean, some of these wacky Hollywood types, you know, they talk about the things they do in their own life. But with, you know, some of these celebrities like Tom Cruise and Gwyneth Paltrow, it becomes more prescriptive, right? They're selling the idea to the public. Gwyneth Paltrow is making a sales pitch with Goop and the Goop Lab. And so, you know, if the sycophants aren't going to stop and question, and if the general public's not going to stop and question, and if Netflix insists on amplifying the stuff that she's saying under this banner of entertainment. You know, we're exploring curious ideas, you know, things that are outside the medical mainstream. That's kind of how it's positioned. Who is left to raise the hand of protest and challenge and say, hey, wait a minute. Is there any science? Is there any truth? Is some of this stuff dangerous? What happens when sort of these wooish claims lead people away from science-based solutions, maybe even putting them in harm's way? A reporter named Joe Fryer had a report on Goop he did for the Today Show back in August of 2017. Here's a clip. Gwyneth Paltrow promotes her brand Goop as one-stop shopping for living your best life, selling fashion, beauty, and wellness products. But now consumer advocates charge some of her health product claims hide an ugly truth. Goop is using deceptive marketing to tell consumers that it has products that can treat, cure, or prevent a host of diseases and disorders. 
In a complaint to California regulators, the watchdog group Truth in Advertising alleges that Goop uses unsubstantiated and therefore deceptive health and disease treatment claims to market many of its products. Products like Goop's Carnelian Crystal, which treats infertility, the Black Rose Bar, brilliant for treating acne, eczema, and psoriasis, even wearable stickers that claim to promote healing and reduce inflammation and anxiety. Women that are having infertility problems are, are desperate to find a cure or treatment. And Goop is taking advantage of people at their most vulnerable positions, and, and it's really just not acceptable. Have you seen the trailer for the Goop Lab? Uh, they've got all sorts of gems in that short-form trailer. They've got energy healing in there and psychedelics and psychic mediums and other stuff. And as you can hear in this clip right here from the trailer, this is all packaged as a daring and edgy way to think outside the box when pursuing the best stuff in life. What we try to do with Goop is explore ideas that may seem out there or too scary. Are you guys ready to go out in the field and make a ruckus? Just another day at the office. <laughs> so because it is going to make this big splash on Netflix and because there is so much concern that the public is going to swallow whole what is being pitched as a docu-series, we should talk about this and get into some of the specific claims of Goop, what it has said, the problems it has had, the settlements it has made, and why we really think that Netflix can do a hell of a lot better when bringing health and wellness information to the public. Let's get into the history of the company real fast, just a foundation for the claims that Gwyneth Paltrow and her company have been making. Goop was founded back in 2008 by Gwyneth Paltrow, award-winning actress. And I like Gwyneth Paltrow as an actor, performer, artist, that kind of thing. But uh, she started the company, Goop. It was mostly just an email newsletter back in 2008. And they had all these new age life prescriptions in it, you know, eliminate white foods from your diet. And Nourish your inner aspect, whatever the hell that means. And then in the email newsletter, Gwyneth Paltrow would add these little anecdotes about her life. People follow celebrities. They're interested in the lives of celebrities. And so she'd write these little paragraphs, and it was part of the newsletter. The audiences ate it up. Wasn't long before there was a website for Goop. And then Goop continued as a company to expand. They had products for sale. They sold uh, vitamins and supplements. They teamed up with fashion brands, had a clothing line. They sold perfumes and scented products, as we mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, had a print magazine. They host a podcast. The first guest on the podcast was none other than Oprah Winfrey. The podcast reportedly has an audience every week of over 500,000 people, half a million people tuning in to Goop the podcast. And of course, we've got the series that's launching this month. There are just a few people in the organization when they started. By 2017, they had 90 employees. Ten years ago, they had generated about a hundred grand in U.S. dollars in sales. Today, the estimated net worth of Goop is $250 million. Have you heard of the Goop Wellness Summits? Now they bring people in, these health and wellness advisors and quote-unquote educators, and those people give presentations to a live audience. They had the first one back in June of 2017. Over 600 people showed up. I don't know what the ticket prices were for that. I'm guessing it wasn't cheap. The year after that, the second Goop Wellness Summit, it featured a woman named Kelly Brogan. Now, Kelly Brogan is a holistic health psychiatrist. This is a woman who has disputed the effectiveness of vaccines, right? She's anti-vax. And she has also challenged the effectiveness of HIV medications. That's the type of person that this conference attracts. Lots of Hollywood names showing up for the Goop Wellness Summits. Drew Barrymore has attended, Meg Ryan, Chelsea Handler. Hell, even former Democratic presidential candidate and space alien Marianne Williamson attended a wellness summit for Goop in Richmond, California. So you kind of get the idea of the people that Goop attracts, okay? Here's an expert 
that provides content and advice via Gwyneth Paltrow's company. His name is Anthony William. He is a medical medium. He says he talks to ghosts. He uses his connection with the paranormal to give people life advice. In October of 2016, Goop called Anthony William one of the most unconventional and surprisingly insightful healers today. As he explains, the voice of a divine force called Spirit guides him to identify the roots of his patients' hard-to-diagnose illnesses and find the best solutions to restore their health. So Anthony William listens to the spirit world, and then he brings his health advice to his quote-unquote patients. Here's another gem. Did you know that Goop was selling, I think they may still sell it, Moon Juice Brain Dust. Surreal product, okay? Moon Juice Brain Dust. Moon Juice is the brand, and then uh, Brain Dust is the product. They also sell Beauty Dust, and I think there's a Sleep Dust. And they have a Sex Dust. This is a supplement. It's like a powder that you put in your smoothie. It's a smoothie enhancer that Gwyneth Paltrow has endorsed and says that she uses every day. She takes it every single day. Morning. Moon juice brain dust made with enlightening herbs used for centuries by great thinkers and meditators. This adaptogenic elixir is designed to maintain healthy systems for superior cognitive flow, clarity, memory, creativity, alertness, and the capacity to handle stress. Now, here's the interesting part of the moon juice brain dust story. The National Advertising Division of the Council of the Better Business Bureau started to make inquiries because these are health claims, right? It's going to give you superior cognitive flow, greater memory, more alertness. It's a de-stressor, right? These are health and wellness claims. And so the NAD went in and started to investigate. And finally, Goop agreed to remove the health claims and they simply sell it now on the Goop website for 38 bucks. by the way. Uh, they sell it with just a description of how to use it, not really what it does. Add one teaspoon to eight ounces of any hot or cold liquid. But there's no actual claim anymore of what brain dust is supposed to do. And if you look around the Goop website, you'll see a lot of disclaimers these days, you know saying that Goop is not actually giving you professional medical advice. It's not giving you diagnoses or treatments. The authors don't necessarily reflect the opinions of Goop. You'll find the term for your enjoyment quite a bit. This is an insulator allowing them to sell these things as novelties, as curiosities, even entertainment. Certainly, it's not bound to any health and wellness claims. It's very, very slick was a few years ago, Gwyneth Paltrow was on the uh, Late Late Show with James Corden. And I like James Corden. Okay, I love carpool karaoke. I love James Corden. But he's tossing all these softballs at her about goop. And she's dropping the website name, which you will hear in the clip I'm about to play. And she talks about how she once submitted herself, I guess in the name of science, for bee sting therapy. One of the things we do at goop.com is we, we try different things. Mm. Um, and I'm often the guinea pig for them. And the more extreme the, the treatments are or the doctor or whatever, I seem to be the one having to do it. So there is, um, it's actually a very ancient remedy for uh, arthritis and inflammation and scar tissue, which is that they take, they sting you with a bee. And then if you have a ba bad scarring or you have inflammation, then apparently it ha the bee sting has all these amazing healing properties. Okay, well, let's camp out here for just a second. Now, Gwyneth Paltrow, to her credit, didn't overtly say that bee stings cure arthritis. I don't think she said that. She, At least in the material that I was using for the preparation of this show, I didn't see her say it. She just said that I, you know, it has been said for centuries, that bee stings can cause symptoms of specifically arthritis, but other things as well, to go away. Some beekeepers out there actually talk about bee stings as 
a potentially life-saving medication. There's even bee sting acupuncture, where they inject you with bee venom at various acupoints. Oh, there we go. Now, there's a nice new age, wooey kind of term. Science-based medicines talked about this. There was a report in the journal Ethnopharmacology that said that, you know, bee venom can prevent one, one type of arthritis in rabbits. But of course, scientists are quick to point out, we as human beings are not rabbits. Bee venom does have some anti-inflammatory properties. It is possible that it might have some sort of an effect for inflammatory arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis. It's less plausible for just general wear and tear osteoarthritis. But the thing is, there are actual scientifically developed pharmaceutical anti-inflammatories out there that are more potent, and some of those medicines actually help to modify the disease itself. These are benefits you wouldn't get through bee venom. It's certainly not like getting a bee sting, so you're not going through the pain. And check this out. Up to 5% of the population of the United States has some kind of allergy to bee venom. That's a problem. So while you're getting treated for arthritis, you're undergoing the pain of a sting. And by the way, you might get anaphylaxis and die. Okay? The whole thing is based on conjecture and tradition and all these other things. But it's pitched as something, hey, you might want to try this because they say it has been said. The elders postulate that bee venom might help you with your arthritis. I feel bad for the bees. I think, don't bees die when they sting you? I think James Corden asked that very question later on in the interview. He's like, hey, wait a minute. If you're doing bee venom, aren't you executing the bee? (laughs) I mean, poor thing. What did he ever do to you? Right now on the Goop website, there's an article by Dr. Habib Sadegi. He's co-founder of an integrative medical center in Los Angeles, And he did an article for Goop that linked breast cancer to underwire bras. Okay, stick with me. The claim is is that metal on the human body has the ability to capture, sustain, and magnify radiation. So according to the article, overstimulation of two neurolymphatic reflex points risks cancerous mutations of breast cancer tissue. The underwire bra could give you breast cancer. In the article, he talks about acupuncture points. Hey, there's that word again. He references the law of stimulation. Safety precautions in the article include limiting your bra wearing time, go in and remove the underwires manually. Dr. Sadegi also says, hey, don't keep your cell phone too close to your breasts. And I'm not making this up. He also recommends using a wired internet connection at your house instead of that harmfully radiating Wi-Fi. Now, this study about the underwire bras and cancer, this was checked out by the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center. This is a world-leading institution in cancer research. They took a hard look at the claim by Dr. Habib Sadegi, and their response was, Actually, let me play it. I have the response from the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center in audio form. It went something like this. (laughs) Okay. Okay. There's a reason Dr. Sadegi is known in skeptic circles as... Gwyneth Paltrow's quack-in-chief. Just imagine, like Dr. Oz and David Avocado Wolf have a love child, and you've got Dr. Habib Sadegi. And he is far from the only physician that's on the Goop staff. You want to look out for this guy. His name is Alejandro Younger. He's a cardiologist. He's an actual physician. Well, Dr. Younger's out there selling his 21-day detox cleanse program. That'll set you back a cool $475 for useless supplements and health drinks. He's got another supplement that he's selling that's supposed to help combat adrenal fatigue. 
Okay, well, endocrinologist weighed in and said, hey, everyone, adrenal fatigue is a nonsensical term, like it does not actually exist. But Dr. Younger is helping you to combat that with his supplements. Those will set you back 90 bucks a month, over $1,000 a year. Also, consulting or working for Goop, there's Dr. Raviva Ram. She's an integrative physician and an herbalist. She has her own line of herbal supplements. She targets those mostly to women. She warns about environmental toxic exposure. She gets some of her health advice from the food babe. Okay, now stick with me. We've talked about the food babe in the past. The food babe is a woman named Vani Hari. She is a self-appointed yet monumentally unqualified wellness expert, okay? Vani Hari is the person who once warned her audience that propylene glycol, an ingredient found in antifreeze, was being used to make beer. She went and warned her audience by the hundreds of thousands. And the reason she was out there issuing the warning is because Vanny Harry, the food babe, doesn't know the difference between propylene glycol and propylene glycol alginate, which comes from kelp. Different things. Anyway, the food babe is a whole other show, okay? But Dr. Rom, quoting the food babe, That's a problem. This is the equivalent of like a degreed engineer quoting a Wile E. Coyote cartoon. (laughs) That's it's that bad. Finally, consulting for Goop, Dr. Stephen Gundry. He has a program of wellness supplements. Gundry MD Vital Meds. Oh, yeah, you can get those for the discounted price of $254.70 for six jars. He's also got a book called The Plant Paradox, The Hidden Dangers in Healthy Foods That Cause Disease and Weight Gain. That's right, even healthy food's dangerous for you. He claims that toxic lectins, proteins that are in some plant foods, Lectins are the cause of almost all diseases, despite the fact that science-based medicine refutes the whole claim. By the way, you can buy Lectin Shield, which Dr. Gundry sells on his website for only $79.99. These are the types of quote-unquote physicians that are consulting Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop. Okay, short break. When I come back, we got to talk about the rocks that you put in your vagina. The jade eggs. We're going to talk about it and a lot more after this. Life comes at you fast, doesn't it? How do we adapt, especially if we love books? but don't always have the time for a deep dive into those books. My friends, let me introduce you to a secret weapon for learning new things in this fast-paced world. It's an app. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist works on your phone, tablets, web browser. It takes the best key takeaways and need-to-know info from thousands of nonfiction books, and it condenses them down into 15-minute blinks that you can read or listen to. Fantastic, because you can grab the main points of a book, and you can also decide maybe if the book is something you want to dig deeper into. Their category list is fantastic. Everything from business to science to self-help. They've got bestsellers, the classics, the stuff you always meant to read but just couldn't find the time for. Now you have the time with Blinkist. I've got Richard Dawkins' new book called Outgrowing God. It's available now on Blinkist. It's a great synopsis of why we should look to science over superstition. Also, you might check out Bill Bryson's book, A Short History of Nearly Everything. Talks about stuff from the Big Bang to astronomy to particle physics, but it does so in a way that lets us non-scientists play along. Really good stuff. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed non-fiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com Seth. 
Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Seth to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash Seth. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My patrons get this show totally commercial-free, and they get the show early every week. And if you'd like to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash Seth Andrews. And thank you so much for your support. I am going to be speaking in just a few with skeptic and professor and author Timothy Caulfield about Gwyneth Paltrow and the wellness industry as a whole. That's still to come. I want to talk a little bit about this lawsuit that Goop settled without admitting guilt. And to talk about the lawsuit, we have to talk about the vagina egg. Okay, so we're back to the vagina, which Goop has a fascination with, apparently. Goop had touted the benefits of jade eggs. These are egg-shaped jade or quartz stones that you put into your vagina. These are supposed to help you, quote, Get better connected to the power within. Okay, now the time for leaving them inserted varies, but apparently some people were encouraged to leave them in overnight. I told Natalie about this and she just stared at me. She's like, <laughs> she's like, are you shitting me? People did this? People buy this? The jade egg alleged to have so many benefits, including a resurgence of sexual energy. The Washington Post reported a couple years ago that the nephrite jade eggs were going for 66, but you can get a $55 heart activating rose quartz egg for more positive energy and love. The Post article says at one point there was a page on the Goop website that promised that these jade eggs would quote, Increase vaginal muscle tone, hormonal balance, and feminine energy in general. Somebody define feminine energy, like as opposed to some other energy, masculine energy. Is it an energy as in feeling good? Is it a, a wood, a spiritual energy? What are they talking about? Cue the lawsuit. California's Consumer Protection Office sued Goop for misleading advertising and making false health claims. Santa Clara County District Attorney Jeff Rosen challenged Goop's assertion that the insertion of vaginal eggs could balance hormones and regulate your menstrual cycle and do all this other stuff. They also included another product in the lawsuit called Flower Essence, which Goop claimed at one point on their website could cure depression. The lawsuit was settled... In September of 2018, and Goop agreed to pay, again, without admitting any guilt, they agreed to pay $145,000 in fines and give full product refunds to anybody who wanted or demanded them. Goop's also banned from selling medical devices that are falsely advertised or unapproved. And again, that gets us back to the fact that now the products are mostly sold with instructions of how to use, but they don't say necessarily what they're supposed to do. Okay, gynecologist and health reporter Dr. Jennifer Gunter wrote an open letter to Gwyneth Paltrow. 
This was back in January of 2017. This is just after people were talking about the jade eggs, the vagina eggs. Dr. Jen Gunter posted this on her website, and it was at that moment that I became a fan. Let me read you the letter verbatim. Dear Miss Paltrow, I've been reading all about the jade eggs you're selling on Goop for $55 to $65 a pop and the corresponding interview with a jade egg enthusiast. I've tried not to respond to this hot mess. After all, a man who leers at naked 15-year-olds and brags about sexual assault is about to assume the highest office in the land. Quite frankly, women have more compelling health interests right now. However, I've been asked by so many people about your vaginal rocks that I felt it necessary to drop you a line. I read the post on Goop, and all I can tell you is, it is the biggest load of garbage I have read on your site since vaginal steaming. It's even worse than claiming bras cause cancer. But hey, you aren't one to let facts get in the way of profiting from snake oil. My issue begins with the very start of your post on jade eggs, specifically that queens and concubines use them to stay in shape for emperors. Nothing says female empowerment more than the only reason to do this is for your man. And then the claim that they can balance hormones is quite simply, biologically, impossible. Pelvic floor exercises can help with incontinence and even give stronger orgasms for some women, but they cannot change hormones. As for female energy, I'm a gynecologist and I don't know what that is. How does one test for it? Organically sourced fair trade urine pH sticks coming soon to goop for $77, I presume. And then Dr. Gunter screenshotted a section of the article where it was talking about there was not as much information about it then as there is now, but it made intuitive sense to me. The word for our womb, yoni, translates as sacred place. And it is a sacred place. It's where many women access their intuition, their power, and their wisdom. That was from the Goop article. Okay, back to Dr. Gunter. Jennifer Gunter says, if the word for womb is yoni, I hate to break it to you, but the uterus and vagina are different structures. If you're using the Sanskrit, while I admit I'm no language scholar, it seems that yoni means the entire female reproductive tract, and you should say that. Terminology aside, the vulva, vagina, cervix, and uterus are not intuition repositories, and neither are they sources of power or wisdom. In fact, I find that assertion insulting. Do you really mean a woman who does not have a uterus is less effective? Is a woman without a vagina less intelligent? Is a woman who had a vulvectomy due to cancer less creative? As for the recommendation that women sleep with a jade egg in their vaginas, I'd like to point out that jade is porous, which could allow bacteria to get inside. And so the egg could act like a fomite. This is not good, in case you were wondering. It could be a risk factor for bacterial vaginosis, or even the potentially deadly toxic shock syndrome. Regarding the suggestion to wear the jade egg while walking around, well, I would like to point out that your pelvic floor muscles are not meant to contract continuously. In fact, it's quite difficult to isolate your pelvic floor while walking, so many women could actually clench other muscles to keep the egg inside. It's possible the pained expression of clenching your butt all day could be what is leading people to stare and not some energy glow. Overenthusiastic Kegel exercises, or incorrectly done Kegel exercises, are a cause of pelvic pain and pain with sex in my practice. Imagine how your biceps muscle and your shoulders and then your back might feel if you walked around all day flexed holding a barbell. Right now, imagine your pelvic floor muscles doing this. For women who want to use a device to help with Kegel exercises... I suggest using weights made with medical-grade silicone or plastic and not to wear them for long periods of time. Kegel exercises are not just about the contraction. The relaxation phase is just as important. The only thing your post got right is to check with your doctor before using one. So let me give you some free advice. 
Don't use vaginal jade eggs. Until next time, Jen. Now, she mentioned in that article, vaginal steaming. Now, we have to return to this concept. What, pray tell, (laughs) what are the alleged health benefits of introducing a hot mist into one's lady garden? Well, allow me to describe what Gwyneth Paltrow describes as the V-steam. In her words, you sit on what is essentially a mini throne and a combination of infrared and mugwort steam cleanses your uterus at all. It is an energetic release, not just a steam douche that balances female hormone levels. If you're in L.A., you have to do it. And again, the gynecologist, Dr. Jennifer Gunter, stepped in, revealing that steam is probably not good for the vagina. Herbal steam is no better, possibly quite worse. Steam won't get into the uterus from the vagina unless you are using a device that has some kind of pressure attachment. And pressure attachments in this part of the body are a really, really, really bad idea. Mugwort or wormwood can't possibly have any effect on reproductive hormones. They can't regulate menstruation. They can't treat depression. And they can't cure infertility. In fact, Dr. Gunter notes, even steamed estrogen would not do it. By the way, did you know that there are wellness companies out there who call themselves spas for the uterus? They're out there, and they do the V-steam. This is apparently an Americanized version of this centuries-old Korean tradition called chai yak, where women sort of hover their bodies over a piping hot cauldron of wormwood and mugwort in order to be cleansed in some way. At the American uterus spas, like one called Tekin Holistic Spa in Santa Monica, California, you can get a postpartum V-steam for postpartum depression. You can get an infertility V-steam if you're trying to get pregnant. Even the slimming V-steam if you are trying to lose some weight. And apparently all you require for healing and health and wellness is a burst of steam strategically applied in a private setting where the only people laughing will be the owners of the establishment laughing all the way to the bank. One more, real fast. Come on, we got to talk about these healing stickers, okay? The magic healing stickers. This is a real product, sold on Goop, featured a couple of years ago in a monologue by Stephen Colbert on The Late Show. He was describing the magic healing stickers on sale at Goop. Well, now Goop has outdone themselves with body vibes, which they describe as wearable stickers that promote healing. Previously, if you wanted wearable stickers that promote healing, you had to buy a box of Band-Aids. It's ridiculous. But these stickers, these stickers, John, they're different because they're specially designed to treat conditions like hangovers help you with mental focus, and even hydrate. Man, I'm so thirsty. I need a big, tall box of stickers. Okay, all right. So Stephen Colbert had that to say, and he wasn't done on the subject of the magic healing stickers. Using the claim from Goop's own promotional page at that time, he talked about how these healing magic stickers are supposed to work. The Body Vibe website Goop explains exactly how these stickers work, saying human bodies operate at an ideal energetic frequency. If you tap a fork and then hold this near another fork, it will also oscillate at the same frequency. The theory is that your cells can do the same thing when using our smart stickers. <laughs> yes, Goop has apparently consulted with top fork scientists. <laughs> To create these stickers. So what Goop is saying is buy these stickers and go fork yourself. (laughs) Now, Goop explains. Allow me to read to you words from the actual Goop website. It said the concept human bodies operate at an ideal energetic frequency, but everyday stresses and anxiety can throw off our internal balance, depleting our energy reserves and weakening our immune systems. 
Body Vibes stickers come pre-programmed to an ideal frequency, allowing them to target imbalances. While you're wearing them, close to your heart, on your left shoulder or arm, they'll fill in the deficiencies in your reserves, creating a calming effect, smoothing out both physical tension and anxiety. The founders, both estheticians, also say they help clear skin by reducing inflammation and boosting cell turnover. Apparently, at one point, Goop's website carried the claim that the Body Vibes Magic Stickers, the healing stickers, were made with the same conductive carbon material that NASA uses to line the spacesuits. Well, then NASA comes forward and they said, hey, our spacesuits don't have any conductive carbon material in the lining. And even if they did have some kind of carbon material in them, it wouldn't be for protecting human vital body parts. It would be for practical application, like the reinforcement of the structure of the suit itself. Internal balance, detoxing, hormonal equilibrium, this stuff is not just on the business card of Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop. It is a reflection. It's a reflection of a multi trillion dollar wellness industry out there a massive marketplace that pitches everything they're pitching everything from anti-aging products to weight loss to de-stressing to superfoods to psychedelic medicine to aligning your vibrations that you may not have realized were vibrationally out of sync there was an analysis published in the Business of Fashion, an analysis of the wellness industry. They estimated the big business of it at over $4 trillion in 2017 with yearly growth. Money.com did an analysis of what it called Goop's cult lifestyle brand. Money.com estimated the value of Gwyneth Paltrow's company, Goop, alone, that company alone, at $250 million. And that number was almost two years ago. And right now, right here, you got Netflix running trailers for the new infomercial called The Goop Lab. Six episodes to start. And some people, a few people at least, are so pissed off that Netflix is being so irresponsible that they are canceling their Netflix subscriptions. Now, I haven't bumped into anybody in my own circle who's doing this, but there are some tweets from people who were like, I'm going to cancel my account. There were online petitions being circulated, begging Netflix, don't give Gwyneth Paltrow a platform. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I think protest, I think you make your voice heard. I think you call, you write, you tweet, you retweet, you tag, you... Let them know you're unhappy with this particular decision. Maybe Netflix thinks controversy is king and they're going to laugh all the way to the bank. I don't know. How would you approach it? Beyond trying to counter the pseudoscience with actual science, what's your solution to the goop lab? Or do you think it's just harmless fun, entertainment only, and the rest of us ought to leave Gwyneth Paltrow alone? You tell me. What do you think? Let's talk about wellness. Let's talk about Gwyneth Paltrow and her approach to wellness with a longtime debunker, author, lawyer, and professor, Timothy Caulfield. He's standing by. He and I are going to have a chat right after this. Hang on. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joining me for this last segment of the show, Timothy Caulfield. He is an author, skeptic, debunker, and a professor at the University of Alberta. 
He is an author of several books, including the 2015 book, Is Gwyneth Paltrow Wrong About Everything? He is host of the six-part Netflix series, A User's Guide to Cheating Death. And he explores all kinds of wellness claims, you know, crystal therapy and detoxes and IV vitamin therapy and activated charcoal pills. I mean, you name it. And he puts himself sort of out there to experience and even check out and vet various claims made by a lot of people in the quote-unquote wellness industry. Tim, how did I do on the intro? Is that kind of accurately describe what you do? Uh, not bad. That's that's pretty impressive. Okay. Actually. Right. And, and, and it, but it is an unending battle. There's just so much nonsense out there that it's it's hard to focus on one thing. Can you give me a few examples? I mean, beyond my introduction here of wellness therapies, just a few things that you've subjected yourself to. Yeah, for sure. You know, I actually went on, on Gwyneth Paltrow's cleanse, the clean cleanse, uh, which was a 21 day um, torture. <laughs> no coffee for 21 days. Can you imagine that? Uh, I've also gone into cryo, tried cryotherapy. Uh, I went to uh, Japan to Kyoto and and did uh, I, I I meditated with uh, a monk at this fantastic ancient temple and that was sort of to explore the whole phenomenon of mindfulness you know and I've tried a bunch of different sleep therapies uh, there, there's just so much out there right now and one of the really interesting trends is a lot of these things you know unlike the past and mindfulness is a good example of this, are now being wrapped in this blanket of scientific language, a science language, right? So um, in some respects, it makes it easier to critique it because I think that invites a scientific cr- critique, but uh, it also, I think, makes it more difficult for the, the public to tease out what's real and what's not. Like somebody who's looked into mindfulness, I mean, I, I buy that. You know, if there are things you can do, there are, I know, many skeptics who practice meditation, like not the woo-woo meditation, but just, you know, centering yourself, good breathing, uh, getting yourself in a place where you can sort of reflect and not ruminate about your life, but reflect and, you know, just sort of, it's a great de-stressor. So that stuff, we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? Yeah, that's right. I actually think mindfulness is a really good case study because there is so much woo surrounding it. Uh, it has been overhyped, you know, by not just not just the wellness industry, not just the alternative medicine industry, but also I think by the the conventional healthcare system has kind of overhyped it. Having said that, I think there's something there, right? And, and I think that you know research has shown that there there's likely something there. Um, uh, it's hard to study well. I think that's one of the challenges with a lot of these modalities. Um, but it's a really good example of let's let's follow the evidence. Let's follow what the science actually says about it uh, before we we present it to the public uh, in an inaccurate way, right? Whether you are an alternative practitioner or whether you are a university health center. I saw an interview that you did recently with Vice and and uh, some of your other writings as well. And you talk about wellness as this kind of homogenized word, right? I mean, it's even people who aren't making specific scientific or medical claims, they can speak in this broad, vanilla way about wellness, right? And you've spoken to this, correct? That's right. You know, and wellness is kind of a wiggly word. It, it's become, you know, I've watched this evolution. I don't know if you've noticed it, noticed it too, you know, because I think even five or six years ago, it kind of had a different meaning. You know, it, it, was, it was supposed to speak to this idea of a broader approach to our health, you know, not just your physical health, but our mental health, perhaps our community. Uh, but now it's, it really has been sort of co-opted by the alternative community uh, in a way that uh, sort of empowered the industry. I don't know if you've seen this stat. It's, it's, it's projected that the wellness industry, so this is largely unproven stuff, is going to be worth almost five trillion dollars worldwide so this is it has really morphed into this massive industry that is largely not entirely largely science-free i was talking to dr harriet hall with science-based medicine she's called the skeptic and she had echoed that statement i hear from a lot of skeptics you know what you call alternative medicine that has been scientifically proven to work we call it medicine right um, but That's the right. alternative is a brand has a lot of appeal to the general public, especially you know, pharmaceutical medicine versus alternative medicine. We're playing to a degree to this public distrust of big pharma, right? 
We are for sure. And uh, I think we need to recognize that. I think we need to recognize the social forces that are kind of driving people uh, in this direction. Research tells us people are frustrated with conventional health. Um, whether you're talking about hospitals or physicians, people, you know, research tells us that they feel like their needs are not being taken seriously, that they're not being listened to. And, and that matters, right? And you go to a conventional uh, or an alternative practitioner and you are listened to. Look, I've tried them all. <laughs> you know, I've tried. I've gone to a chiropractor. I've gone to an acupuncturist. I've gone to a naturopath. Um, and almost without exception, it was a positive experience. You know, you spend 45 minutes with this person. They're listening. They're listening to you. Um, so I get it. I get why people are attracted to this, this stuff because, you know, there are problems with the conventional system. But, of course, you know, just because, there, you know, there's problems with the airlines doesn't mean that we should, you know, use flying carpets, right, as Ben Goldacre has said. I'm paraphrasing him there. Um, so, you know, we, couldn't, we shouldn't allow that, you know, that the problems of the conventional system to justify uh, the adoption of unproven therapies. Talking here with Timothy Caulfield, professor, debunker, and author of the book called Is Gwyneth Paltrow Wrong About Everything When Celebrity Culture and Science Clash? You had mentioned the big business of the wellness industry. I was looking at a statistic from 2012. Americans had spent more than $30 billion on alternative wellness treatments or alternative medicine. The global market for alternative medicine is projected to hit like $210 billion by 2026, stuff like acupuncture and homeopathy, right? So, I mean, well, people are wailing about the big business of big pharma. I mean, alternative medicine is also big business, right? It's a huge industry. You're exactly right. And, and look, as you said earlier, there are clear problems with big pharma, right? You know, there have been uh, misbehaviors or profound conflicts of interest, and, and they have had a adverse impact on research and clinical practice. No one is disputing that, right? No one is disputing that. But we also have to recognize that alternative medicine is also a huge industry, and there are also conflicts of interest and vested interest uh, in that domain. And that's often overlooked. It's given a pass. It's the, the big, bad, big pharma and the shiny, clean, uh, alternative medicine. And that's a complete false dichotomy. And I'll tell you, that's a false dichotomy I hear every day in my social media feeds, right? If you say anything bad about, about alternative medicine, if you say homeopathy doesn't work, you, it's, it's assumed that you are immediately in the camp of big pharma, which is somewhat you know, ironic because almost all the skeptics I know, I mean, myself included, have written about the problems with big pharma. In fact, our research team has actually done research on the problems of the commercialization of research. So you know, we're very aware, aware of those issues, but that, again, does not justify um, the spreading of misinformation and the selling of unproven therapy. It's interesting to watch the binary thinking among many people who consider themselves or at least claim to be nuanced thinkers. I mean, if you criticize homeopathy somehow you're you're a shillionaire for big pharma right. right i'm sure you're just a rich guy big pharma paid you off tim and that's the only reason we're talking today right wow. yeah i know that all my colleagues always say i must have you know missed the check or something yeah, like it's that too bad it it is it is an incredibly frustrating you know false dichotomy and, and they're everywhere in in the wellness and alternative uh, medicine space the other one that drives me nuts is is if you are against unproven therapies like homeopathy or, you know, Reiki or whatever, somehow you're against prevention, right? You're, you're against the root, getting to the root cause and you're only for band-aids and pharmaceuticals. And, and of course that's untrue also, you know, pr we know things work. We know things have preventative potential because of science, right? Because uh, of the research that we've done around exercise and nutrition and the value of sleep. Uh, and so many science-based uh, professionals, my wife included, she's a family physician, focus on prevention. So that's another false dichotomy, but it's one that's been really effective. I mean, I think the alternative medicine crowd has done a really good job of marketing themselves as being focused on prevention and, and creating the impression that conventional healthcare providers, science-based healthcare providers aren't. I think it comes down to who you trust. It was a comedian. I'm trying to remember who it was who was asking, would you rather the credentials and qualifications be somebody who has an actual medical degree 
or someone whose main qualification is that he sits on the floor, you know, under crystals, <laughs> you know, so I think yeah. that's a valid concern. We've been talking about to Goop, right? Gwyneth Paltrow's new show, The Pseudoscience of Goop. We've talked on this show about the healing stickers and the vagina eggs and the bee stings and the brain dust. And of course, you know, you have given your thoughts on Gwyneth Paltrow. Let me just toss it out there. I mean, what are your thoughts on this new Netflix show, or at least the clips that you've seen from the show so far? Well, it's, it's really frustrating, uh, incredibly frustrating. Um, and it's not just the fact that, that she's being given this platform, right? And, and it really is, um, and there's absolutely no reason to think otherwise, that this is going to be uh, an infomercial for her brand. And so it's, it's bizarre that you know, Netflix has decided to, to give her that, that opportunity. Um, and we also need to remember that the spread of misinformation matters. And I don't know if you notice, sometimes people will say, oh, it's just a celebrity. No one takes this seriously. It's people just having some luxury fun, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but it does matter. Research tells us it matters. Just being exposed to this nonsense um, can have an impact on, on belief and behavior. You know, the, it's the availability bias, right? Um, if, if you can remember something, uh, you're more likely to believe it. And, and I think that's one of the reasons that celebrities have so much impact. You know, no one really thinks Gwyneth is a scientific expert, but she's great at creating a brand. She's great at spreading the word, right, about these unproven therapies. Uh, and she also is this anecdote. She's this, this very um, uh, convincing testimonial. And again, we know research tells us that anecdotes and testimonials and stories can overwhelm the science. And I think that's what happens very often uh, in, in these kinds of situations. The it worked for me fallacy, right? Well, hey, in my own life, I tried the, um, oh God, I'm trying to think of whatever treatment. <laughs> There's so many bizarre ones. I've got too many options to choose from. We live in an entertainment culture, right? I mean, we live in a country where very few could even name our Surgeon General. But everybody knows Dr. Oz. You know, many people watching the show, is it the doctors where they have all these beautiful people in scrubs, you know, on daytime television telling people about their health? Are we conditioned, do you think, as a culture to respond better to infotainment, you think? I, I think we are. And you've know, touched on a little, a little bit with the, the idea of the testimonial and the narrative. You know, first of all, there, there's that. And there's really interesting research around that, the power of the story, of the narrative, of the image. And pop culture has just done, a, obviously, a much better job of, of leveraging those tools than the scientific community. Um, and, and it's also just the fact that they have that megaphone, right? It's being, these stories are being constructed in a way to make them interesting. And if, they're, if it's interesting and, and, and you can relate to it, you're more likely to believe it, uh, especially if it speaks to your values and some, some issue or concern that you're struggling with. Um, so, I, you know, I think that that matters. And, and of course, look, pop culture is not going away. Social media is not going away. We have to figure out how we can use those same tools uh, to get across the good stuff. Can we uh, get your perspective on just the, I mean, how dangerous it can be? A lot of it's harmless, right? I mean, if you want to go and have someone throw crystals at you or whatever. But it doesn't just remain in that shallow, harmless model. A lot of people are pinning their hopes and dreams on unsubstantiated or just outright debunked stuff. Yeah, I think this is a really, you know, it's a really important point because so often people will just try to dismiss this, right? And say, well, I, I get it. There's all this bad information out there, but there are bigger fish to fry, right? This is a big issue. This is a real issue, the spreading of health misinformation. First of all, I think it creates distraction and confusion, and there's research to back that up. You know, the steps you need to take a, to live a healthy lifestyle are, are pretty straightforward, right? You don't smoke, you exercise, you eat, you know, lots of fruits and vegetables, you get a good night's sleep, you try to maintain a healthy weight. That last one is tough, but, but pretty straightforward. Um, entities like Goop and really just the spreading of misinformation more broadly distract us from that. You know, secondly, people are wasting money. That's not insignificant, right? You know, people are wasting money based on misinformation. If people want to spend money on stuff and they're fully informed, that's one thing, but it's based on inf misinformation. There's physical harm that's associated with a lot of these modalities, whether you're talking about colonics or whether you're talking about using homeopathy and not going to conventional, uh, conventional doctrine. There's evidence to back that up. There's public health concerns, and I think the anti-vax movement is the best example of that, the best example of that. You know, last year, the World Health Organization declared the spread of health misinformation, one of the greatest threats to public health. And I absolutely agree with that. 
But I think the last risk, you know, perhaps the biggest one, uh, is the erosion of critical thinking. You know, all of this stuff invites us to, to think magically, right? To, to believe the unbelievable. And, and once that starts happening, you know, I think it becomes a slippery slope that's very hard to, to, to avoid. And, and that's why it's so important to, to push back against all the noise, uh, including Goop. You've uh, just published a, an article in The Conversation. Gwyneth Paltrow's new Goop Lab is an infomercial for her pseudoscience business. I'm going to link that in the description box of the show. What do we do? I mean, from your perspective, I know you're just one guy, but I mean, if we're concerned about safety and science and trying to live in a more rational world, how do we approach the new show? I got people boycotting and their petitions and other stuff. What do you think the best defense is against this stuff right now? Well, for a show like the new Goop one, I, I think, look, we're not going to change the minds. It's like anti-vaxxers, right? We're not going to change the minds of the individuals that are, are all in, right? But I think we can use it as an opportunity to engage the broader public about misinformation. And that's how I think we should treat it. I do think it's really disappointing that it's out there, but let's use it as an opportunity to talk about the good science. I also think we all need to be engaged. You know, we need to be on social media. We need to be talking about the good science. And, and I also do think we need to come up with creative communication strategies that are entertaining, that are going to draw in that broader audience. But look, you know, long term, we've got to teach critical thinking. We've got to teach media literacy. You know, that's really what's going to make a difference, not just for this generation, but for future generations. Tim Caulfield, attorney, skeptic, professor at the University of Alberta and host of the Netflix series, which I encourage you to check out, called A User's Guide to Cheating Death. Thanks for your perspective, my friend. Thanks for being a part of this conversation. I don't have any plans to watch the show, but, you know, we can watch what the show is claiming, you know, and I appreciate your contribution to these discussions. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much, Seth. Follow The Thinking Atheist on Facebook and Twitter. For a complete archive of podcasts and videos, products like mugs and t-shirts featuring the Thinking Atheist logo, links to atheist pages and resources, and details on upcoming free thought events and conventions, log on to our website, thethinkingatheist.com.